I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Forged in the fires of undersoil heating. Stronger than the steel of a stadium roof, their name is uttered in anguish and ecstasy. It's all about the football gods. All they can do is hope they're smiling on them. Never seen, never heard, but with ultimate power, these are the football gods. Their names are part of football folklore. They're often turned to in times of need. They can be a fan's last resort. But who are the football gods? In this weekly podcast, we offer the ultimate footballing role. Total power over the beautiful game. I'm Tim Spears. And I'm Kate Mason. And we'll be pondering the important questions such as what moment are you wiping from history? Which flavour pie would be considered the food of the gods? And what are your football commandments? Given the power, how would you change football? Hello, everybody. This week, we are joined by Sean Derry. He enjoyed an 18-year playing career, which he represented Notts County, Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, Leeds United and QPR before he made his move into coaching. And more significantly, he has recently joined Wolves as first team coach, Tim. I know you're pretty excited to have a chat to him about what it's been like for the first 90 days. Yeah, and at the training ground, Wolves, Wolves invited us in uh, to their plush surroundings in Compton and yeah, yeah Sean was great um, some really interesting things actually um, some big surprises um, definitely we haven't had one guest yet whose life slash career has been defined by one match so he his, 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 he had one very bad game um, in the middle of his career which seemed to really really hurt him um, and yeah some, some very interesting things about pre-match rituals 
which again Bulldog. will quite surprise. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, yeah. Those with those with delicate ears might want to switch off for a, a tiny portion of that. He also slightly more frivolously, let's say, took a stand. Perhaps many people would agree, but no one has had the the voice and the guts to come out and say it against colourful boots under Derry. Yeah. Done. None of that. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was quite. He's quite modern in a lot of ways, but then very traditional in other ways. All right, then here he is, Sean Derry, football god. Ninety days of wolves. I know it's gone quick. How's it been? It's Working been good with, with Gary. Yeah, it's been excellent. We've enjoyed it. It's been full blast. Obviously, on the back of no pre-season and getting straight into work on. I think it was only three days we had until the Man United game, so and then it's not stopped since. So it's um, yeah, it's been a challenge, but it's been good. I've enjoyed it. How does the settling process work? Do you get the you get the grand tour and then you sort of very quickly? Yeah, I can remember coming up on a Wednesday night with with the manager and Jenks, and it was just us three at the time because Birch had not arrived at that point. So very quickly t- taken around the training ground and then little meal with um, you know with the with the hierarchy and you straight in the next day meeting the players and going to work and hopefully trying to you know trying to get them into believing in what you want to what, what you want to do you've been at some like great very traditional english clubs all over the country what had where does wolves fit into that what did, what how's it different right in it yeah I, I i said that as soon as I, as soon as i arrived this is a um, you know the heart of the community football clubs you know, always represent who you are, don't they? And um, you know, this is um, this is exactly what I've been used to in the past playing. You know, my playing days, especially you know, real spit and sawdust football clubs. You know, where the Saturday afternoons just everything for the week, and you can sense that whether you're driving through, you know, whether you walk through the city, or you know, for me, when it comes to life on that Saturday afternoon when you're playing. Um, so just to delve into your football history a little bit to start with, um, is that the kind of area that you grew up in? And what were your first experiences of football? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a Nottingham boy, um, born and bred in Nottingham, and stayed there until football takes you on its travels. So I was there until I was 20, and then went to Sheffield United and left home at 20 years old, and never been back to Nottingham. I've kind of been around different parts of um, of England and been at various clubs and I think you try and jump into like I mentioned the community you know jumping into what this club means or the experiences that I've had as a as a footballer you always try and represent the fans and represent you know the values of the of the city and the towns that you that you're playing was there a team you followed when you were a, a kid yeah Notts County right. yeah so that was my that was my team so played for them actually on my on my 10th birthday that was my first game and stayed there until I was 20. No, it was good. Great, great insight to the game. Um, so our first sort of major question to you as a football god, we ask you, what's your sort of team of the gods? I'd probably say two, if I could, if I could stretch it over two seasons, it would have been the, um, I think it was the 89 and the 90 season um, for Notts County. Yeah. They had back-to-back promotions, two visits to Wembley in the, um, in the playoff finals, and we happened to... Um, win both of them to get us into the top flight of, um, of the old first division before the Premier League arrived. Um, I can remember the players, you know, the Tommy Johnsons, Dean Yates, um, uh, 
Craig Shorts, um, Mark Draper, you know, them kind of players are always entrenched in my memory, I suppose, mm. as a as a you know, an older an older kind of coach now to compared to a young kid watching them yeah. uh, you know, and travelling around the country watching them both home and away at times as well was brilliant. But I remember the memories at Wembley, the old Wembley, not the new one, you know, the one with the archers and going down there on the train with my dad and yeah, good, happy days, you know. Thankfully we didn't lose the game, so they do make them a lot better, don't they? And this was the glory era for Notts County, really. Well, it was, yeah. I mean, at that time, I, I, again, them four particular players, they all moved on to some big clubs. I yeah. think some of them went into Derby County and I think maybe Drapes went into Aston Villa or Leicester, I think mm. it was Villa, I think, for a lot of money at the time. All of them left for one, one and a half million pounds, which mm. back in them days was unheard of, yeah. you know, for young players. Um, and like I say, that uh, uh, and that money actually allowed and enabled Notts County to build their new stadium. So you can imagine how much stadia costs now. Yeah. Back yeah. then, uh, four players, basically were sold so Notts County could have a new stadium that they're still in now. Right. And what, what was it like then going to play under Neil Warnock later in your career, having sort of, I guess, idolised him as the man who built this team? Yeah. Bizarre. I mean, coming through at Notts County as a 16-year-old, Neil had left by then. He'd, um, he'd gone on to manage a different club. So I had four years there at Notts County whilst Neil wasn't the manager. And then I went to Sheffield United as a 20-year-old. And I think when I was 22, Neil then went back. Well, start, sorry, he started his career at Sheffield United. And as much as, you know, I'd kind of watched his teams throughout my, my junior years, when you get to work under a manager who you've kind of watched in the past, we actually didn't hit it off. Uh, we had a big, massive argument. Yeah. He ended up selling me oh, after right. about three months of being at Sheffield United. And I, he sold me to Portsmouth. And then many years later, brought me back to Crystal Palace as a, as a 30 year old and then onwards to QPR when I was 32. And, you know, it's like people say, I, you know, I was one of Neil Warnock's boys. I, well, I, def <laughs> I definitely weren't at Sheffield United. Do you know. remember what the row was about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> We played away at Grimsby, and I was, uh, I, don't, I don't think I was a cocky 22-year-old, but I definitely had, you know, an opinion, and an, an vented my opinion, and it was, wasn't one that was, um, you know, it wasn't respected by Neil at the time, and um, I think he was trying to make a, a stand as the leader and this controller at Sheffield United, and this little 22-year-old, said something and I think it was a great example for him to really show his um, authority to the group and I was due to go to Man City when Man City were in the third division the old third division you know when the Paul Dickoffs were playing for them and you know the Sean Goaters were there I was supposed to go there about two weeks earlier and Neil turned the deal down <laughs> and I ended up going to um, Portsmouth for half the money that Man City had offered wow. So I think that probably tells a story of how much I um, peed Neil Warnock off at that time. So how did you view that decision later when you went into management and they managed players yourselves? 
you know, was he was he right to do what he did? Hundred and fifty percent right. Wow. Yeah, you know what I said on that particular day was um, it was not the right thing to say. And um, but I look back on that, and uh, as much as it was um, quite a shift in my young career because I was still living at home in Nottingham, and still you know having the benefits of mum and dad, you know taking care of us every day, to then be sold to Portsmouth which was so far away from home made me grow up you know you kind of go down there and got to find your own space and place and find out who you are as a young player so you know looking back it was a brilliant thing you know for me to go through really to to, to go through there and stand on your own two feet. What gave you the confidence to, to challenge him back then and was it misplaced is this something that's factored that into your career? There's always two arguments, isn't there? Two sides to a story. Mm. Um, I remember what I said. It was a, it was a right winger called Paul Hall, who's now a coach at QPR, and um, we're playing Grimsby, and he was doing particularly well, and I was um, playing right back behind him, and I remember I was actually having a good relationship on the day where we caused a few problems, but Neil brought Paul Hall off, and I questioned him at the end of the game for bringing Paul off and I shouldn't have you know because I was a young spotty 21 22 <laughs> year old who um, shouldn't you know should have known my place really interesting but it sounds maybe it sounds like you already you know you've had sense of how a team should fit together or is that too much of a stretch that you've now I think brought into management I think as a character you know you kind of like you are, uh, you know, you are what you are, aren't you? I was a, quite a confident young man, and um, you know, I voiced my opinions, even though some of them, you know, were some terrible things that I was saying in the past. But the older you get on, and you know, the more you kind of calm, calm yourself down. And but no, I still like. I st actually now I still like players to voice their opinion. I do. I I, I genuinely like to hear what players have got to say. Um, because a lot of the time, you know, there's some brilliant things said in the changing room that you can, you know, can definitely help the team. And I like it when players have the confidence to be able to, you know, to give an opinion. I don't think you see it as much now as perhaps what you did in the past, but I, I, I definitely warm to that kind of um, character. Well, look, you're a football god now. That's the deal. So your word is law. You can do, you know, no one's going to tell you, tell you you've uh, spoken out of turn. What is going to be your first act on day one as football god, god of football? It's an interesting question. I mean, with all the latest rules and regulations that are constantly changing. But I think the one thing for me is, um, and I'll mention, you know, the, the three words VAR, but uh, it, I, I, like, I like the moment of being able to cheer a goal. I like it as a coach, as a manager. I like it when the fans are able to cheer a goal. And unless it's ruled out by the, by the referee or the linesman because of offside or whatever the situation is, you can feel encapsulated in that moment. And I think that's something that we've lost in the game. There seems to be this pause at the minute where, you know, you're hoping and you're praying that nothing gets stopped in its tracks and you can still continue that feeling and that emotion I think that we've really lost that in the game it's a, such a shame what you want effectively as your football god is for the moment of the goal going in everyone to be absolutely certain whether it's a goal or not effectively so we could all 
celebrate yeah, or not. Yeah, Done. just that emotion Perfect. that, yeah. you know, whether it's desperation as a, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you've conceded that goal or, you know, whether it's that unbelievable happiness that you can share, you know, with your coaching staff, with your players, with the fans that are supporting you. I think we've lost that in the game. It's such a shame. So you will rarely, I guess, on the in the dugout, go for it straight away with a celebration. You'll immediately kind of think, what's wrong with that goal? I think over the last, you know, over the last year, 18 months, I've paused, you know, and it's it's a shame. It's a shame. It really is. It's you do you, you you like for me now, you know, supporting Gary and you know the coaches here. You sat there, you're watching the replays on the iPad. You're up, you're linked up to the analysts upstairs. You're asking questions, and then obviously you got you got the big screen, and it's you know if it says VAR's checking the goal, you you're devastated if it's um, if it's ruled out. Can you think of a goal? Does a goal spring to mind that you've celebrated more than any other? Be it as a player, as a fan in the dugout, one that you've pre VAR that you've just gone mental for. Oh, what a good question! I did. I, I, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably say I, I didn't score many goals. I only scored thirteen in the whole of my career. Um, but the, I can tell you exactly how I scored them as well, <laughs> when they were scored and what minute. Um, I played for QPR and we um, we were two 0 down and I scored a header at home against Liverpool, and I don't think I'd scored in five years, <laughs> so that definitely stands out as the um, the most highly emotive goal I ever scored. What was the full time score? One three two. Yeah, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah, game changer. Join millions of sports fans putting their trust in MyDieselClaim.com Proud sponsors of the football gods Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Which player comes to mind when I say to you, who is football perfection? It can be current player, former player, whoever. But who's, who would be the perfect footballer for you? 
I think my all-time favourite player ever will be Eric Cantona. Wow. Yeah, Cantona for me was just, he was just a man. I loved it. I loved the collars. I loved the way that he, um, you know, he, he, it was like he was in a theatre when he was at Old Trafford, especially playing at home. Of course, the madness that he, he possessed as well, you know, the Kung, Kung Fu attack at Sellers Park. Um, I don't think many Palace fans would um, quite like me saying that Eric Cantona was a favourite of mine, but he was. So I remember crying actually when he uh, retired because he retired so early. I think he only retired when he was about 31. And I was on holiday with my mates and it came through. Um, and it was, wasn't social media back then, it was newspapers. And I remember going buying a newspaper and it said, oh, Cantona's retired. I was absolutely gutted. You know, the goal that he scored at Old Trafford against Sunderland where he, you know, lifted the collars and looked around the stadium was just unbelievable. Yeah. I used to think maybe, you know, I could play like him, but I was polar opposite to Cantona. <laughs> <laughs> do you put the collar up or not? <laughs> uh, I, I, you do, I, I do remember we, when, we, when I was a YTS at um, Notts County, I can remember the football training kit that we had. It was the old mitre stuff that was so heavy. If it rained, you'd be like 21 stone running around a football field. <laughs> but they had the old collars, they had the old rugby collars. Um, we all used to put on like, <laughs> Imagine doing that now. So it sounds like part of it's the, the skill and the magic of what he had, but part of it's his attitude. Oh, he, he, he was just, when he spoke, and, yeah, his yeah. swagger, when he spoke, he, you know. There was two people that, when I was a, when I was a kid, if, if they spoke on the news, I'd literally stop what I was doing. I would just go to the telly and watch. Um, I mentioned Brian Clough when we was um, growing up. Back in the day when he used to speak, we'd stop whatever we were doing and we'd watch him on the local news. If he ever gave an interview for like ITV East Midlands, the whole family would sit in front of the TV and watch Brian Clough speak. And I used to do that with Cantona as well. If there was an interview with Cantona, I'd be like intrigued to find out what he's saying. Is there anyone in the current game who can hold everyone's attention like that when they speak? Um, I think players now uh, uh, mentioned social media. It's must be so hard for your, your you know, your, your player now, where everything's just everyone's a reporter, everyone's a photographer. You know, you got to be so careful what you say and do because instantly it's on social media. I don't think I don't think the characters are the same as maybe what they were before social media was around. Um, you definitely. I mean, we used to be able to go out and have unbelievable fun and know that, you know, you'd be going out and having great fun on a Saturday night or on a Tuesday night and nothing would ever come back to a football club on a, on a Wednesday morning or a Monday morning because that was just your night out. You know, players can't have a night out no more. You know, not how they used to. I'm sure they can in certain places, I'm sure, but you don't see that now. You don't see that. So what do you make of, like, Marcus Rashford being told off for going out after losing the game? I look at it with both, you know, both kind of perspectives, really. Uh, from a playing perspective, I think you need that relaxation. You know, football is so intense now. It's 24-7. It's you know, you, you're just being watched all the time. So if Marcus Rashford wanted to go out and... I don't know what he'd done. I've not really read about it, but I'm guessing he's gone out. He's been in a bar and... 
he's young lad. <laughs> what is he, 24, 25? I don't know, what is he, 25 is he, Marcus Rashford? He should be able to go out into a bar. The argument would be, of course, now, you know, he's going to be, he'll open himself up to criticism because of doing that. So, from a managerial point of view, a, a coach's point of view, some would get annoyed. I don't, I don't think I would. I don't think so. I think I'd be all right with him going out. Will players be listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> I hope they do go out. I'll be pretty pissed off with them if they don't. <laughs> Brilliant. See what you want. Okay, so we've got perfection. We now need to damn someone to hell. Which player would you be sending to hell God. as football god? The lowest point of my career, the lowest point from a playing perspective was playing for Leeds and we lost the playoff final. We lost to Watford 3-0. Mm. And um, we were lined up to go to the Premier League. Now everyone was thinking we were just going to turn up and beat this team and play in the promised land. And I remember on the day, none of us turned up. None of us played to our full potential. You know, arguably we probably got our um, tactics wrong on the day as well. We thought it was just an absolute storm of rubbish that turned up. And on the opposition was, um, was Ben Foster in goal. And I don't want to throw him on the, the flames of hell for, for any stretch of the imagination. Ben but Ben Foster <laughs> played really well in the opening 20 minutes. And he, um, he saved about four or five shots from us. And I just, I always look back at that game and I think, if it had just thrown one of them in, yeah. you know, it could have been a different type of, um, different type of afternoon. It was played down at um, Cardiff, at the, at the National Stadium. And I remember Ben Foster playing really well thinking, Bastard. <laughs> well, that's going to be a popular choice. He's not a likeable guy at all, is he? <laughs> Brilliant. So do you think your career might have gone in a... In a well, obviously, we've gone in a different path. You've gone to the Premier League that that season. I mean, at 27 years old, uh, I was playing some good football at Leeds, at a great club, brilliant football club. And, um, you know, that, that club had been out the Premier League for, at that point, only, I think, two years. It took them 16 years to get to, to, back to the Premier League, yeah. you know. So who'd have known if Leeds had got back to the Premier League at that time? You know, things might have been mightily different for the for the um, for the team in Yorkshire. Yeah, popular choice for Leeds fans then that one, I think. Um, so we got rid of Ben Foster. He's burning in Gone. hell. Uh, is there a moment? And I guess you might mention one just there. But is there a moment from your career or from your footballing history that you would like to? get rid of that you would banish I remember scoring an own goal when I was 18 that got us relegated into League 1 that oh, was, League, League 2 that was a that was a poor moment um, and all my mates watching in the stands so I can you can imagine what the night out in the Palais was like in Nottingham that night um, still went out mind I can yeah um, so that was the decisive goal it was a decisive goal I'm sure I scored it against Burnley at home the ball came and I had it in the goal and we lost 2-0. It was the decisive goal that got us relegated. But you don't really think about football too much as at 18 years old. Um, I think over time, you know, like when you're getting older and you realise your family come along and, 
you know, I look back at that game, that um, Leeds United game, and I just, it was the worst game. It was the worst afternoon, it really was. And you're like, my wife was pregnant with our first child as well. And she was like, bursting at the seams watching it from, from um, Cardiff. And I remember going home thinking, oh, back in the championship and back to the struggle of trying to get into the Premier League. Yeah, that was a pretty pretty sad moment, really. Yeah, I'd imagine as a player, coach, manager, a playoff final defeat because the last the season's done, Crushing. it's over, gone. Yeah, yeah. You extend like it for three weeks, don't you? You know, you kind of make your sacrifices for an extra three weeks, and on one ninety-minute performance, you know, your dreams are gone. And but on the flip side, you know, I've experienced it where it's been a successful playoff final and you've gone to the Premier League in the playoffs and that was a great night. Good. But do you have like a, like a, did you have like a process back then for dealing with the kind of difficult stuff? Footballers have a, a great way of moving forward. Even in brilliant moments, you've constantly be, got to be on the front foot. You've constantly got to look what's around the corner. And that definitely was something that resonated with me as a, in, in a disappointing moment, I just look forward, what's next? You know, try and brush it away, try and not think about it. Like I say, I wouldn't watch the games again. I uh, wouldn't want to talk about it too much. Um, just get back on the horse again and get yourself, get your boots back on, get back playing and it's your life, isn't it? It's, it's what you've done since you was 10 years old. It's part of who you are and what you are and, you know, and that's, even now as a coach and a manager, you, you know, we're always moving forward. We're always looking forward. Even in these brilliant moments of um, euphoria where, you know, you sat there on Saturday night and you've won. You know, you might be watching match of the day and you see your team doing so well in the Premier League. You're still moving forward, ready for the next game. And what's this group like for overcoming adversity? They've had some annoying <laughs> refereeing decisions to kind of put yeah. try and put to the back of their minds what are the, yeah what's their mentality like as a group I mean we're still knowing we're still learning about each other you know it's still early days isn't it um, but what is it 11 12 games into the season already you know we're starting to trust each other we're starting to you know believe in each other and I think through moments of adversity you know you gain strength from them and the togetherness and Gary is massive with that in terms of like trying to create values of family and trust and togetherness and even in the you know the the moments of disappointment this season with the you know some of the decisions that we feel have been harsh against us we've spoken about it we've dealt with it and we've addressed it and we've faced it and we've just moved forward and that's what that's what you do you got to do it and the players you know the players have been great of course they're disappointed you know they're emotional um and it has consequences, doesn't it? You know, football does, you know, decisions do. They have major consequences that, especially the ones that go against you, but no, they've been great. They've been a good bunch. And can I ask you, this is gonna be a tough one, from the current group, we asked you who your football perfection was earlier. Who comes closest in this squad? They won't be watching, it's fine. You can just say whoever you think. <laughs> but yeah, who comes, who comes closest to football perfection? <sighs> the kind of, Romantic football fan, supporter, you know, I, I've, of course, I've, I've loved working with Pedro Neto. You know, he's a, firstly a remarkable young man, um, very serious about his football, but 
plays the game with a smile on his face and he's got this enthusiasm for the game which is infectious. And then obviously from a different kind of angle, from a, you know, a, a coach's perspective, you know, somebody like Dawson is a, is a manager's dream because he comes in every day and you just know exactly what you're going to get from him. So you've got this unbelievable flamboyant, you know, really um, interesting dynamic player. And then you've got this really reliable guy who you just know exactly what you're going to get every day. So, and within it, you've got the makeup of a football club and a, and a football team with 25 players all have got different components of both players, which is what makes a group, yeah? That's how it is. My Diesel Claim sponsors the football gods. Check if you are eligible for significant compensation for free at mydieselclaim.com. You've got a chance to banish something else. We're going to be banishing one thing from football at this point. I'll tell you what I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little bit left field. I'm going to banish multicoloured boots. <laughs> right. I'm going to banish... I think everybody should be made to wear black boots. Right. And I think we should see, for one particular weekend, you're only allowed to wear three types of black boots. You've got to wear the Adidas World Cups. <laughs> yeah. You've got to wear the Puma Kings and you've got to wear the Asics ones, all with the big floppy tongs. <laughs> and I reckon that would look unbelievable on Match of the Day, everyone wearing the old-fashioned oh, boots. God, we should banish all the light, plasticky boots that only last for about 180 minutes and you've got to buy your son another pair of £250 boots because that drives me mad. <laughs> we had a sneak peek earlier, didn't we? Yeah, at the current the, lot. In the boot Yeah, room. lots of white boots. Lots, lots of white boots. Yeah, they're pretty boots. Slimsy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. 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 I, I think they must be made by the same makers of um, Apple phones. You know, like Apple phones where you just know you've signed your contract for two years and it breaks. You've got to go and spend another 900 quid on an Apple phone. And they're like, oh, you know, you can exchange an upgrade if you can keep it perfect. Yeah. You you're like, I've really kept this perfect. It's not got a scratch on it, it's only but the battery only lasts for about 10 minutes now, so yeah. you've got to go and buy another one. Well, that's what young boots are like for my boy. He'll wear them for two games and then the side will split. You know? So I'm going to try and get him in some Adidas um, World Cups. I don't think he's interested, but there you go. Right, from multicoloured boots to foods, <laughs> right, is there... A sort of a food of the gods. This could be something you might have eaten as a kid on your way to the ground. This could be something you just want to sit and watch, but watch football while eating. But is there some kind of food that you really associate with football? A pre-match. So from the age of 16 when I started playing football up until 35 when I finished, I only ever had for pre-match beans on toast. Wow, I was, I was waiting for the big reveal there. Yeah. It did not disappoint, i got to say. Beans on <laughs> toast. <laughs> Amazing. I couldn't have anything else. It was just, and uh, my habits before the game was just bizarre. My, my habits were just bizarre before the game. You know, the superstitions that you'd carry into a game of football. Yeah. Beans on toast was just, I couldn't have anything else. Okay, so I just want to so, know a lot about yeah, habits, yeah, yeah, but yeah, can I just yeah. briefly ask how what quantity of beans and toast are we talking here? Is it a can, two cans, how many bits of toast? Two slices of toast. Two slices. Half of beans. On each. Each one. Yeah. And that is it. Butter. Butter. Butter and beans. And I remember being in 
a hotel. I'd just signed for Leeds and I was living in a hotel for the first month. And the first home game was against West Ham. And um, they didn't have any beans in this hotel. So I had to walk out of the hotel. I went to this um, kind of this marketplace down in, um, down in um, the centre of Leeds in my Leeds United tracksuit just to get some beans on toast. But that's incredible commitment yeah. what, for 17 years. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm yeah. really impressed. Wouldn't have anything else, yeah. <laughs> uh, Heinz beans? Or oh, got to be. Other, yeah. other brands be. are available, yeah. Branston, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and brown or white bread? Um, brown. Right. Brown, yeah, brown bread, yeah. And finally, uh, are you cooking the beans in a pan or microwave? Pan. Pan's fine. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's very sensible actually. Now they talk about it in detail. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And and you, it sounds like you had a whole system before. Yeah, before yeah, game, yeah, yeah. How did that talk us through? If it's not going to take the next two hours, and how did that come about? Like, how did those bits piece together over time? Just habits. Um, maybe I, I never used to. I mean, I didn't score in the real game, so it was pointless to be trying to score before a game. But I'd never shoot at a goal. Before a, go, before a game, I would always go out and I would do eight whips of the pitch as a run to start with. My warm-up would start maybe an hour and a half before the game where I would be on the mats and, you know, different stretching. And so I was constantly going, you know, I was churning off calories, ridiculous. I could never sit and relax and just read the programme or anything like that. I'd always have to be on the move. And then I'd be. Um, it's probably all the beans. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, and then just before kickoff, I'd make myself sick. Oh wow. Ah. So, I would have. To, it would be habits of just every single moment of my preparation, and yeah, I'd be. I'd be. I was sick before every game. Every yeah. Nerves and you know, kind of like the adrenaline of the game. Um, yeah. So because you've worked yourself up so much, is that what Yeah, just adrenaline that's yeah. flowing around your body and it kind of like affects your system a little bit, so. Who would you like to watch as God? You, you can choose anybody. Oh. Who would you like to watch your football with? A good friend of mine, sadly, we lost a few years ago, just in Edinburgh. Um, he was a really good friend of mine and it'd be a... You know, he'd be someone who I'd definitely love to watch a game. Not because I'd be sat next to him, but I, I miss, I miss how ruthless he was. He was just the most ruthless guy ever about the game. And he, we'd just laugh when we used to watch football together. It was so funny. So I'd definitely, I'd love to watch a game with Just. That'd be just the best treat ever. Football's great. You meet some brilliant people along the way. No. I mean, my, my lad's starting his journey now, albeit on, you know, first steps doing it. And I always say to him, footballers are like ships in the night. They are, you know, you, you're there at a team and then suddenly you've been sold or your mate's been sold and then you don't see him again for years and years. But along the way, you know, you do meet a few really good people that, you know, you've, you stay in contact with and are friends for life. So, yeah, I mean, Justin would definitely be the guy I would pick to watch a game. No doubt, no doubt. I'd be laughing, we probably wouldn't even watch the game, we'd just be <laughs> laughing at the, the abuse that he's giving certain player on the pitch.
he was he was funny, funny I'm so, guy. I'm so sorry. Nah, nice. Nah, big loss. It was it was great, you know. I mean, obviously done really well as a player and then as a manager and took the late annoying into the football league and. And now, and now look at them. Like, yeah, started the journey for them, you know, yeah. to get them back, bouncing back into where they want to be. And yeah, good guy, good, good guy. Happy memories, good memories. Um, that's a lovely answer. But what, what, what do you like watching the game? What, in fact, when you're in the dugout at Wolves, what, what are you? Pro what are your primary sort of um, duties? Yeah. And how do you assist Gary during the game? What are you looking for? I mean, my 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 job is to kind of give my opinion that's yeah. what Gary likes he likes me to watch the game and give opinions back to what I'm but I generally generally watch the you know the defensive um, situations that we find ourselves mm -hmm. in and um, try and give feedback at that um, but every I mean Gary's as you, as you know as you've seen is all hands on deck and you know he's unbelievably um, accurate with what he's um, what he's witnessing so the team works well, you know, we've all got different, we all see the game very differently. Yeah. And I think that's good, you know, when you're creating this um, coaching team, you don't really want everyone to be the same. It's like life, isn't it, you know, you don't want to be hanging around with the same people all the time. Mm. And it's, um, it's a good mix. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would generally watch the back four defensive midfielders, you know, and just see if there's anything that I can maybe help out with on a, on a match day and then, feedback at half time, full time and throughout the week and but like I say is yeah, I mean is is very good. Guys is good. Music. Is there a song? This could be a terrace anthem, it could be a song that was sung about you, it could be any kind of football related song. What would you associate with as your song of the gods? I would probably say the simple mind song of when the Premier League was first tune, um, yeah, created in '92, wasn't it? Um, that song, I forget what the song was called. Is it called "Alive and Alive, Alive and Kicking"? Kickin'. Yeah, "Alive and Kicking" for me is just like the football song of my youth, watching it as a kid. You know, when that Monday night football was on, I can, remember, I, I can vaguely remember the shaman playing on. Highbury one night before an <laughs> Arsenal game, which was bizarre. Um, oh, yeah, that was a mental night. <laughs> um, but no, fo football and music go hand in hand with me. Um, I love the indie scene, the Manchester indie scene. And they're not my team, but I used to love watching Man United. So the Stone Roses, uh, you know, a band that I loved as a kid and still listen to them now, actually. Um, yeah, but not alive and kicking is the football song of my choice. So you mentioned the indie music Stone Roses. Would you play that kind of stuff before a game for yourself, or? I would yeah, yeah. That would be something that I would have on yeah on my um, on my Walkman on the way to the game, <laughs> or on my um, what came after a Walkman? Mini disc. <laughs> the big one. Slide on the side of my tracksuit bottoms that were oversized. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you must have been so cool, oh, Sean. Cool, yeah. yeah. Wow. You've not seen pictures of me when I was 21. Last one then. Uh, which game would you like to make last forever? Great question. Great question. I would, I would probably like the 
QPR versus Man City game. Um, oh. Yeah, so that the the Aguero game. So I played in that game and um, probably now you'd get a lot of people saying that was the most exciting finale to a Premier League season. We didn't realise it at the time. Um, but as time's gone on, you know, you put, I put the telly on and see this grey, grey-haired number four trying to get close to um, Aguero and um, just can't quite get there in the end. And you know, he puts it in the bottom corner and scores what turns out to be Man City's probably greatest ever goal. And you know, if that 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 game was that game was mental because they won the league and we stayed up. Only through default, really, because um, Bolton beat Stoke. Sorry, Bolton drew with Stoke, I think they did on the day. So we stayed up and they, they were crowned as, um, as champions. That was a great game to play in. Joey Barton losing his absolute marbles, trying to fight everyone on the pitch. Mad. That was um, mental. We've had Nadem on as well. So Have you? Yeah. Oh, Nadem, great guy. What great a guy. guy, yeah. Top, top guy, Nadem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was just an unbelievable game. Yeah, so I dread to think what would have happened if that had gone on and never and ever. <laughs> We'd have probably ended up with about seven men. Um, well, can you describe being in the stadium for that moment and the, and the minutes that followed? 2-1 up. What was it, in the 91st minute, I think it was. Jekko scored the equaliser. Um, Aguero scoring in the 94th minute, 95th minute, whatever it was. But between the goals, right, and this is what I still can't fathom out now, when they scored the equaliser and, and Dzeko um, had scored it, the kickoff was obviously our kickoff. And we gave the ball back straight away in the corner. We literally kicked it out for a throw in. Joe Hart went over, threw it back into play, and the sequence started then for the goal. <laughs> I often think, why did we kick it further forward? Why didn't we just go back into Paddy Kenny? Then we kick it on and the whistle ends. And like we, we end up drawing to all. Man United go on and win that league. Um, and the Aguero goal was never spoken about because it never happened. But Lots of people think Nedham was playing both sides somehow. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> Nedham, I've, I've spoken about it. It was, it was a bizarre game. Absolutely unbelievable. I think we, um, I watched it in lockdown, watched it with my lad, and we hardly ever touched the ball. It was Man City for 95 minutes. They just peppered us, battered us. And, but we were 2-1 up with four minutes to go. Crazy game. Well, a good way to finish. Yeah. Um, but before we finish, we've got your 10 answers, Sean Derry. So they're going to now be your 10 football commandments, which right. we're going to read back to you. <laughs> Sign up and join millions of sports fans putting their trust in MyDieselClaim.com. Proud sponsors of the football gods. Uh, so your glory team is Notts County, 1989 and 1990 successive promotions. Uh, your first godly act is to bring back definitive goal celebrations, yeah. which I think we'd all appreciate. Football imperfection of you for you is Eric Cantona. 
you're going to throw Ben Foster into the flames of hell. <laughs> and uh, you're going to wipe from history Leeds' 3-0 playoff defeat to Watford in 2006. Foster would probably turn it into a YouTube series. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We're banishing from football uh, multicoloured boots. Your godly food is beans on toast. Um, and you'd watch a match with, or all the matches of eternity with Justin Edinburgh. Your song is Simple Minds, Alive and Kicking, the start of the Premier League, and you'd have Aguero lasting forever. Yeah, that's not bad, that is it? Yeah, it's a good list. Good little list. <laughs> and it takes us through some pivotal moments for you. Yeah, as it's well, good to reminisce. I I've enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. Sorry we had to drag you away from the defensive corner. I'll get back to my defensive corner, Julie. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, very good. Lovely to meet you all. Great. Thanks, Sean. The Football Gods is a voice work sport production. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.